Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cosplay Bites, the only place where you'll learn of the bits and bites of the cosplay world, convention coverage, cosplay guests, spotlights, and more. So sit back, relax, and enjoy getting a look into bringing a character to life. This is Cosplay Bites. All right. Hey, what's going on, guys? Uh, Happy New Year, and welcome to a brand new episode of Cosplay Bites. Um, First one of the new year, and today I have my buddy Carlos from uh, Rage Custom Creations. Did I get that right? Yep. Got it perfect. (laughs) All right. So let me take a look here. Um... So yeah, I just started writing up posts for the new year. Um, if you go to my blog, you can check out um, a year in review post that I did uh, talking about 2018. Um, I got my first ever sponsored post from the lovely people over at Colored Contacts, where uh, you can just see my thoughts and pictures of some contact lenses that they sent me. Um, I have a feature on Lady X Gold's King Didi, and then a feature on Kristen Linnae's uh, Gender Bend of Kratos from the latest God of War game. And then upcoming, I have Roliat's uh, Triss from The Witcher, and then my best friend League of Larcy with her gym leader Misty. And I'm just going to slowly try to keep the post coming because the convention season's just starting up and cons are going to start flowing in starting with MAGFest, which is going on this weekend. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, I know KatsuCon's next month, so that'll be a big one. Um, I won't be going to that this year due to... Um, I got an adult. <laughs> I got to save my money. But let's just get straight into the main topic then. So, Carlos, why don't you uh, tell a little bit about yourself? Um, I'm a male. What exactly do you want to know? I, I dress up in silly costumes and you know, run around the world. You know, try to make people happy with that. I, I'm just all around silly. Okay. I yeah. In a nutshell, I mean, outside of that, I build props, I build costumes, I I try to inspire people. I have my little puppy here, which you know is freaking out because she's like, "There's somebody on the TV screen. I don't know what this is. I need an adult." Um, outside of that, you know, I I'm just me. Okay. So yeah, that was. That's pretty much the main topic. So, you've been doing cosplay for about how many years? Oh my God, I, I since I was at least ten. So, <laughs> I, I just never grew out of it. Um, I was into cosplay before it was ever named cosplay. I was, you know, I, I've been doing this for well over twenty years. Yeah. yeah. Really serious was I want to say around. 95 is when I really started getting serious about it. Okay. Um, yeah, uh, this is like 
right at the beginning of the internet. Yeah, when people would have to, uh, you know, buy videotapes of whatever movies, you know, I'm talking about the, the Batman movies and the Burton Batman movies, where you your screen grabs were literally taking a photo of a paused image on TV. Yeah, from a VHS. Yeah. And then, you know, you started sculpting or, you know, creating as, as best you could. Um, so I'm, I'm serious, serious old school. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, yeah, 20, 20 plus years. That's almost like a, about as, almost as long as Yaya Han's been doing it. Right. Or maybe, uh, yeah, well, yeah, no, Yaya has been doing it just as long. Uh, yeah. she's been and, yeah, she's a good friend of mine. I've known her forever. Um, honestly, one of the greatest people. Yeah. One of the, without a doubt, one of the greatest cosplayers. Uh, right. But yeah, she's been doing it forever. And I, I remember when she first started, you know, and I, I met her at a con you know, for the first time. And, you know, she just geeked out. Awesome. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, she, she, her and Brian have been yeah, in this forever. So I guess what, it, what has it been like being someone who just cosplayed as long as you have, looking at the community now as it's pretty much just blown up into the mainstream with like um you got the Heroes of Cosplay series that premiered a few years ago and then stuff like Cosplay Melee that happened maybe a year or two ago. Like what has that been like just like looking in and seeing like all these all, <laughs> all these youngsters uh getting into it and just making mind blowing outfits. Um Honestly, the best way to put it, I, I wrote a blog post on Facebook years ago saying, yeah, this is what we wanted. This is exactly what we wanted. Yeah, both the good and the bad, because, I mean, the, there's some there's some dark aspects to, you know, to cosplay as well as the great aspects. But, you know, when I first started, I, it was... It, it was like digging for diamonds, you know, trying to find other like-minded people. You yeah. Know, it, it wasn't like today where, you know, you have all these resources available to you. Of course, you have 3D printing, YouTube, you know, Google. I mean, all these resources smooth on that allow you to make, you know, these extraordinary cosplays. And now, you know, there's a million different, you know, prop makers and costume makers, you know, just do extraordinary work. Um, you know, whereas... Back then, and I keep referring to back then, um, you know, we, we had to make the stuff up and finding other people. Yeah, because one of the first websites that I um, stumbled across was Brotherhood of the Bat, where it was just a whole bunch of guys really loved, yeah, you know, the Batman costumes from Tim Burton, Tim Burton's films. And yeah, then this is, you know, when the superhero films first really started. And yeah, you had Blade, and yeah, we, we always sat there going, oh my God, wouldn't it be great if? And sure enough, yeah, everything we asked for, we got. And the geeks have inherited the earth. Yeah, which is an awesome thing. But 
because it's become so mainstream, become so popular, you have such a diverse group of people with different personalities, different ideas. Yeah, um, it's it's expanded in every literal direction, and yeah, which is awesome. It's it's fantastic. Take the good with the bad. Yeah, because again, this is what we want. Right. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean, there there's a big difference, yeah, between then and now, of course. I mean, but yeah, it's it's mainly because there's so many more people. And what what I love about the evolution of cosplay is the fact that um, so much talent has just sprung forward. I mean, these people who, yeah, I hate saying that we were closeted, yeah, geeks. But we were, yeah, because we only talked about it with like-minded people. You know, we always waited, you know, breathless with anticipation for that one con of the year that we could go to. You know, whereas today you have cons every weekend. Yeah. Yeah, literally you can go any weekend and, you know, that's when you got to see your friends. And, you know, it, it became a big deal. And now it's it's become saturated because it's become popular. But, I mean, it's still fun. I mean, I still... I, I find a lot of joy, and I, I, you know, especially when I meet a lot of the uh, uh, the younger cosplayers who are just getting into it, and seeing how excited they are for it, and it reminds me of how I felt when I first started too. Right. Yeah. So it, it's it's pretty awesome. I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> yeah. Um. Uh, just just a quick note. Um. I've known Carlos for a couple of years because I think we first met when you were a handler to, oh, I want to say it was Mia. Yeah, it was Mia. Okay. Yeah, I'm right. <laughs> yeah, this was at uh, Rhode Island, wasn't it? Wasn't it Boston? It was either Boston or Rhode Island. Because uh, Honestly, I think it was uh, Rhode Island. No, yeah, you're right. Cause you knew, yeah, yep. yeah. And um, so I also have here that um, you've done some, you've gotten to do some really interesting opportunities. Uh, one which we collaborated on, where uh, you gave me the opportunity to write a report from your perspective about um. Saudi Arabia Comic Con with their first convention. You went with it was you, Night Mage, myself, yep. uh, Thomas, uh, the guy with the big uh, Hulkbuster cosplay. Yep, and Riddle. Yep, Ricky. Yep, she was there. Um, what was that like? That was an extraordinarily unique experience. Um, and, you know, again, like you mentioned, that was their very first comic book convention yeah, in their country. So we, we were very fortunate to see cosplay from their perspective yeah, and, and from a, such a culturally different country yeah, than ours. Um, everybody was over the top, amazingly nice. They, they treated us great. Um, like I like I mentioned, there there were some cultural differences that 
took some getting used to because you know they they just have different customs. But the cosplayers that we met, you know, were awesome, and and you know it it what really brought home to all of us, you know, while we were there was that yeah you know, this is our common threat, regardless of whatever cultural, ideological, whatever differences we have, we still have a lot of things in common. Yeah. And it was it was a blast, you know, to, to actually sit down and talk to them and you know talk about their passion of you know for, for any all the geek stuff, all the nerd stuff. I mean it was it was awesome. It was absolutely awesome. And and yeah, I I'd had the opportunity because I know you're going to get to this in a second. Yeah, where I I've been to China. Yeah, I was a, the first American male cosplayer in China. Okay, yeah, I remember that. Yep. Uh, went to Shanghai and Beijing. Um, yeah, I I got to talk to cosplayers there, which was incredible. Um, Saudi Arabia, I was in El Salvador. Yeah, in San Salvador, you know, down in South America. And just recently, I went to Warsaw, Poland, where I was the first American cosplay guest that they had. Huh. And it's just incredible to talk to these people and, you know, talk to the fans. And, you know, it, it, it's always, I'm always shocked. Sometimes I honestly think I'm getting caught when they're like, oh, my God, I love your stuff. And I'm like, you actually know who I am. <laughs> um, I'm not used to having fans, yeah. So it's it's weird for me. Yeah, and I don't have any boobs, so yeah, there's that. Um, but it's awesome to see it from their point of view, and yeah, to to see the creativity that they put into it and the passion that they put into it is just absolutely awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm very I'm very blessed. I'm very fortunate, yeah, that I've been able to travel the world yeah, uh, and meet all these incredible people, yeah, um, because I dress up as Batman. Yeah. Yeah, I'm never gonna lie. I, I I hope it's something I never get used to. Yeah. I I never want to take this for granted. Yeah. I bet. Yeah. Um. So it sounds, it sounds like all of those countries you visited, it was either for their first ever Comic-Con of that nature, or you were the first male American cosplayer to set foot. Yeah. Huh. It, it's yeah, that's incredible. It's a neat little legacy, I'm not going to lie. <laughs> yeah. It really is. And, and, yeah. Here's the thing. I, I am nothing special. I mean, I've done some neat stuff yeah. that I'm very, very proud of, but I'm no better than anybody else. And, and honestly, I could right. rattle off, you know, 20 different names of people who are a thousand times better than I am, you know, who deserve to be there as much as I do. Yeah. Which is why, you know, when I'm asked to go or when, you know, I'm there, you know, I make sure that I give them my best. Yeah, yeah. I make sure that when I represent the cosplay community as a whole, you know, the American cosplay community, or the cosplay community, period, yeah, that 
I give them my best. And yeah, that's a responsibility I take serious. Yeah, and yeah, I'm, whenever I'm there, I'm always in a great mood. You know, I love answering the questions of fans and yeah, especially doing the Q and A panels. Yeah, I'll sit there and talk their ears off. Yeah, because when I do Q and A panels, I never do the talking head thing where I just sit there and talk about myself and you know, stuff that I've done. I immediately open it up to questions from them. Yeah, what do they want to know? Yeah, right. Know something about it. Well, we'll discuss it. Yeah, and it becomes a back and forth, so that way they get what they want out of the you know, <laughs> out of the panel, as opposed to yeah, me just sitting there talking about something that they have no. Yeah. Yeah. So it's it's a huge thing for me. Yeah, and it's something I'm very very proud of. Yeah, uh, Michael Wilson or Nightmage. Yeah, he's the same way. Yeah, so, oh, yeah. Yeah, because you don't really see that many male cosplayers as cosplay guests. Not really, no. Yeah, which is unfortunate. Yeah, but I understand it. Yeah, because, I mean, let's face it, the women are way sexier. They're prettier. You know, they're, they're a lot more fun to look at. We yeah. are. But, you know, <laughs> but when we're there, you know, we, we try to, you know, give you your money's worth. I mean, it, I, I've been very fortunate to do shows with Michael, and he is over the top, one of the greatest people, one of the greatest cosplayers, one of the best people, you know, biggest heart that you'll you know, find in cosplay. Without yeah. Him. But at the same time, I mean, that list is also really, really long because, I mean, I've met so many people, and you know, there's so many people I admire and respect. Yeah, and, and absolutely adore. Yeah, I wish they'd get more recognition than they do, but they're happy with what they, you know, what recognition they get. Yeah, and, and that's awesome. Yeah. Um. So as you've mentioned, a lot of your cosplays seem to be centered around uh, Batman. Um, with a lot of you know, like the Tim Burton Batman, you've done. Uh, weird different takes on him. I think one I think I have it as the thumbnail for this episode. It was a picture of you in like a it's I want to say Batman. Batman medieval armor kind of thing. Well, it, it's it's a medieval Batman. Okay. And that's the one that yeah really got an enormous amount of attention. Um, the other Batman that I do isn't necessarily from Tim Burton. It's actually from the Joel Schumacher films. It's the Sonar uh, Batman suit from uh, the third film. Okay. But the one that I guess if you want to call it from the young map or you know, got the most recognition was the medieval Batman armor, you know, which was a concept and a design that I came up with and I approached um, Samuel Lee from Prince Armory uh, princearmory.com and he knocked it out of the ballpark and he made this thing for me and it was, it was still absolutely in love with it it's my favorite costume to wear it's a full on 65 pounds but it's awesome yeah um, but what I love most about it is how original it is yeah but it's still yeah, can exist in the in the Batman universe. 
Right. Because uh, it was, I mean, I, I, I love the whole medieval period and everything like that. So, you know, when I came up with the concept, um, literally it's because I found a Batman broadsword at Dragon Con 2009. And, okay. yeah, it, it, was, it was a knockoff thing made in China. And, yeah, it wasn't licensed or anything like that. But I love the sword. I ended up buying it. And it's actually the one that I carry in the uh, on the costume, um, which sadly they don't make anymore because the Warner Brothers actually came down on uh, the people who were manufacturing the sword, so they had to stop it. Uh oh, that happens. <laughs> um, but that was that was the the foundation for the inspiration to make the costume, and yeah, I tinkered around with. Um, yeah, with some design ideas, yeah, and a little bit, of, and started my research, and yeah, just looking into things. And I'd always been a fan of Samuel's work, and he was, he was a much smaller shop back then. And yeah, I remember seeing him on Deviant Art, and I knew I wanted it made out of leather. I didn't want a metal, yeah, uh, suit of armor. Right. Um. So I threw up a sketch. And he had this thing at the time where you could send him a sketch and, yeah, he'd do a free evaluation and you know, stuff like that. So I was like, well, yeah, it doesn't hurt to find out. So I sent him the sketch and he wrote, I'm not kidding, he wrote me back within five minutes and had his phone number and said, call me right now. <laughs> and I, I called him and he answered the phone immediately. He's like, hey. <laughs> could say anything he's like is this carlos i'm like yeah he's like you gotta let me do this soon. he's like I been... <laughs> he was like i've been waiting years for somebody to come to me with something like this like a giddy little schoolgirl. like oh my god oh my god oh my god <laughs> yeah pretty much because <laughs> it was so left field it was so out there and his was the only yeah the only artist with the vision yeah as far as i was concerned to, to make this happen, and obviously the talent. And, uh, yeah, so we talked and we started collaborating, and, and I, I love collaborating with other artists. I mean, that's my absolute favorite thing to do. Yeah. And, um, you know, he, he went nuts, and it took him four months, and what he came back with was this, this enormous work of art, you know, which... I was very fortunate that, you know, when I did the photo shoot, you know, that was one thing that was like, look, you know, back, I'm sure that the, the, the Batman groups, you know, will think this is pretty cool. You know, so I'm going to do a really good photo shoot, you know, and then I'll post the pictures online, I'll tag you, and we'll go from there. Little did I ever dream that it would go super viral. Yeah. And everybody picked it up and it just it went like wildfire and from there you know because of course i i always credited you know samuel for for making the suit i've never said that i made it you know and i will never take credit for somebody else's work you know so i i'm super stoked that because of that suit and because of the caliber's work to begin with it was already pretty big in the whole uh, Renaissance uh, festival you know, arena. Um, that it just it exploded, and 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 I, and I want to believe it's because it was an original design, a 
as opposed to just being a club yeah, that anybody else could buy or you know, get or anything like that. So I mean, we, we added to the imagination of the Batman universe. And right. that really struck a chord with me because it just looks badass. Yeah. And, you know, sure enough, yeah, Stan Winston Studios, you know, uh, reposted it, um, which, you know, that just took it over the top. And, you know, it's just, <laughs> and that's when my mom actually started taking, yeah, the fact that I do cosplay seriously. Yeah, she was like, oh, my God, I didn't realize there were so many people into this. And, you know, because I mean, <laughs> she's old school, so and she, she really didn't understand it at that time. But once I made the suit, or you know, the suit got made, um, yeah, she she was all on board. Yeah. Very very proud, you know, that that it got the attention that it deserved. And Samuel got the, the attention that he deserved, and yeah, things just took off from there. But that was back in 2012, which was my biggest creative year that I ever had because that year I also had the uh, the the Venom photo shoot that I did which yeah went viral um, I, I did that shoot with uh, Adam J um, and that was also the year that I created the uh, the face hugger corset okay which also went viral and so, I mean, that year, it was just one thing after another, after another, after another, and it was just awesome. Yeah. Um, and it allowed me to really stretch my creative legs, and that's when I launched, you know, Red Ghost Creations. Um, it was, you know, it, it, a lot of great things happened in that time. Yeah, so it's been pretty cool. All well deserved, I'd say. Yeah. It's nothing that nobody else couldn't do. Yeah. Yeah. I, I never. I will never sit there and say that. Oh, I'm the greatest. Yeah. It's nothing that nobody else could have done. It's just I happen to have done. Yeah. That's all. That's, that's always interesting to me. Um, with um, doing like original designs or versions of characters that um don't really see often at con like that's why i loved wearing my um casual skin prompto without the jacket because i mean final fantasy 15 is still relatively popular for cosplayers but like everyone just does the regular prompto that we saw in like all the in-game like first announced artwork like no i only know of one cosplayer that does prompto but did that skin and that was kind of cool because it's like, not many people do it. Like, I get told that a couple of times if people stop me at cons, like, oh, like, people don't do this skin. I'm like, yeah. I mean, Square, Square Enix character designs in general are crazy, but, like, the the casual skin of Prompto is like, huh, I could do that. That's not crazy. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, and, then, and that's what cosplay is. I mean, cosplay should be to do what you want to do because you enjoy it. Yeah, you enjoy that character. You like a certain aspect of it. You know, whatever. I mean, it should never be because, oh, I think people will like this. Yeah, it it, it literally has to be what you like, and yeah. that should be your only focus. Yeah. 
you know, because not everybody's going to like, you know, everything that you do. It's just not possible. Yeah, and, and that's, that, yeah, that's the way I've always approached stuff. Like, I'm doing this for me. Yeah, if you like it, great. Thank you for the support. If you don't, that's fine, too. You know, you don't have to. I, I completely understand. In fact, I want to know why you don't like it. So that'll help me broaden, you know, my, my, my range and creativity. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, my uh, I'm hoping to break out my Aquaman cosplay again one more time this year. And now that I'm growing a beard... Which is a little bit more accurate to Arthur's design. <laughs> yeah, I know. But um, so that should be fun. I just got to like touch it up with some spray paint. But that's also a design that was, it was from a one-shot comic of envisioning the New Fifty Two DC universe like five years from now through some kind of like AI robot event called Future's End, and like he had a different design like his whole chest wasn't full-on orange armor it was more like a triangle design and it was something doable that i could do so i just went with it and i had a blast wearing it then you should yeah definitely yeah the beard actually looks good on you so thank you (laughs) i just got i just got a beard trimmer came in yesterday so i just worked it in today and i think i i love how it looks so i may keep it at the setting that it's at (laughs) um so when you when you do armor work um you'd say would you say that it's mostly using like foam work and stuff like that i've never made anything out of eba foam okay I, I I prefer to work with PVC. Yeah, okay. Just eighth inch PVC. It, it's one of my favorite things to work with because uh, it's easy to shape. It's easy to pattern, and yeah, the, the, it's it's just it's awesome. Um, there's tricks to it. Yeah, just like anything. Um, I did pick up some EVA foam, and I've seen some amazing work out of EVA, but it just never caught my attention, you know, to, to sit there and go, okay, yeah, let's make it out of this. Right. Try to work with it. Um, yeah, I, but th- there's a million different things. I can yeah. Um... Anything else you wanted to talk about or add for this? Like just. Well, I mean, one of the questions that I get asked often is, "Yeah, how do I approach doing a costume?" Okay. Um, or for that matter, selecting one. Yeah. Or, or how do I choose the, the costume that I, you know, that I eventually end up wearing? Um, I love flexing my costume design muscles, you know, as, as often as I can. There's there's specific characters that I try to sh- stay or stay as true as I can, you know, to yeah, the original costume, where, which is fantastic. And I have no problems with anybody, you know, wanting to be as accurate as possible. I mean, that, that's great. 
But uh, more often than not, when I approach a costume, uh, I approach it as how would I make that costume if I were that actual character? Right. Not if I was Bruce Wayne, you know, trying to be Batman. What if Carlos Blanchard were Batman? Right. So that gives me the freedom to experiment with, you know, my tastes, my personal tastes, you know, incorporating it into these different builds, different costumes. So automatically it has my personality already built into it. Yeah, because when people look at it on me, they're like, oh yeah, no, that, that's totally you. Um, so, I mean, because I'm, I'm not, mainly because I'm painfully shy. Yeah, I don't sit there and you know, get into character because that's not me. So I mean, when you see me costume, if you notice something different about me while I'm in costume versus you know, when I'm almost streetwear, yeah, it's it's the costume that's making me like that. Yeah. But it's still me. If that makes any sense. In, in other words, you know, it's an extension of my personality. So in other words, I, I become that character. I, I'm Carlos Blanchard as Batman. I'm Bruce Wayne as Batman. Right. Or, right. or Master Chief or you know, uh, working on the um, uh, what's it called? Um, Assassin's Creed. Um, yeah, and for when I went to Warsaw, I, I actually created a costume. Yeah, because I, 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 I know I have an armor fetish. I have weight <laughs> costumes that, yeah, are armor-related, and I love to suffer, apparently. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, I, I made the conscious decision to make a lot more soft <clears throat> where yeah, I can be more comfortable and you move around freely and stuff like that. Yeah. And um, including, I mean, because one of my favorites, you know, that's just fun to wear, especially in colder climates, is my uh, Waylon Yutani, you know, employee costume. And literally, I have a jacket that. Yeah, has the the LB four two six patch on it. Has the Whalen Yutani, you know, corporate logo. And yeah, I have my Whalen Yutani shirt. You know, so it looks like I'm just an employee from Whalen Yutani. <laughs> actual street clothes. Yeah, but it's, it can also be looked at as a cosplay. Yeah. Um, but just recently, uh, for uh, for Warsaw, I came out. Yeah, you know, I, I wanted to do something Star Wars related. And, yeah, I, I sat there and I, I thought about, you know, what would be pretty cool with something that has never been seen. And I'm a huge World War II buff, you know, I, especially, I'm ex-Air Force, so you know, I'm huge about the, uh, the, the planes and all that stuff. In fact, uh, um, I'm boring my puppy, she's falling. <laughs> Um, anyway, so, um, I decided to make a TIE fighter pilot, you know, off-duty uniform. Huh. And, you know, which basically is, you know, just like in World War II, 
you know, where the fighter pilots had their, you know, flight jackets. You know, so I created a, you know, a high fighter pilot jacket. Nice. And, you know, what was great about it was, you know, it, it gave me, since it didn't exist, it gave me the freedom to create. Yeah. And, yeah, and I re- I delved deep into this one, too, you know, because I went in and I, I looked up all the stuff about uh, TIE fighter pilots. And, you know, as it turns out, they're not, unlike, you know, World War II, where they had their own dedicated aircraft, TIE fighter pilots don't. And they don't actually have, you know, pilot names. They have numbers. So, I mean, I, I did all the research and, you know, I, I came up with a uh, nameplate that goes on the collar, you know, that, that has the name and the rank. Yeah. I came up with a rank pin to go on the other collar. Um, since fighter pilots are always so, you know, they, they brag about, um, you know, how many kills they got and everything like that. Yeah. Uh, you know, they, they always put their little uh, marks on their jackets to denote, you know, the kills. I came up with a uh, this neat little design. I'm, I'm still not finished with it. You know, I'm still working on it. But uh, what it is is uh, uh, campaign stripes that go on the sleeves. Okay. And on the right side, uh, on the right sleeve, would be the different uh, like battleships and Death Star, you know, the different places that he's been assigned. Yeah, oh, okay. Huh. And then on the other arm would be the camp- or the campaign stripes, which would denote, you know, the battles that he's been at and how many kills in that battle. You know, so like one is, you know, it says Endor, and it shows like four kills. And Oh, yeah. that's interesting. That's clever. Yeah. So and and it's all in Arabesh, which is you know the the, the language from Star Wars. Yeah, you know, just to make it as authentic as possible. So and literally when people look at it, you know, they're gonna be like, Okay, that's pretty cool. You know, um that would exist in that universe. Yeah. Yeah, so that was a fun project for me. And then yeah, you know, I, I created, you know, a sidearm, you know, for the TIE fighter pilot because there really isn't one and they have the E-11 blaster that they take with them into the uh, cockpit but for the most part they don't really have a dedicated sidearm um, so I made up one yeah, I, I was able I found a um, uh, old blaster from uh, 1990s uh, laser tag game <laughs> and I thought the design was great. And, you know, so I found one on eBay cheap, you know, it got it, got it in, modified it, uh, much like they did in the Star Wars films. Yeah, I, I deconstructed it. And I took, uh, yeah, I, I put Greeblies on it, you know, just to give it detail. And my favorite part was that I had an old type cutter toy and I took it apart. So all the greeblies that are on the gun are from a TIE fighter. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, which I love the irony of that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I also created the holster for it. And, yeah, the leg rig, yeah, that, that I wear with it. Yeah, I, I, I was able to find 
the pants that I thought they would wear off duty. Yeah, and the boots and yeah, just the whole outfit so that literally it looks like it could have existed in that world. So, I mean, that's one of my favorite things. That's awesome. Yeah. That's great. You got anything else? No, no. I think we covered everything that I came up with that I wanted to for this little uh, episode here. Awesome. Um, yeah, so I hope you guys enjoyed that little uh, peek into Carlos's life and how he went to making some of the outfits and uh, <coughs> all the opportunity that he got to experience. Um, he's an awesome guy. I'm honored to have him as a friend. And uh, if you want, where can people find you, like online, like social media-wise? Uh, social media, you can find me on Facebook. Uh, I'm in the process of making a website. Uh, but uh, in, on Instagram, I'm under uh, I am Jack's Enthusiastic Apathy. Uh, I really okay. don't Twitter that much. Uh, but yeah, Facebook, I have my Rage Custom Creation page. Um, and, you know, of course, my regular Facebook page. I don't have a fan page as far as caution goes because um, I don't take myself that seriously. Yeah, so <laughs> it, it's one of those. I, it's it's one of those things that is, I'm like not accurately. Yeah, I, I don't deserve this. Yeah, unlike some of these other pages. Yeah, that that I'm just like blown away looking at their work. I mean, yeah, much like all the women that you got in the background. Um, yeah, I'm like, yeah, but that's just my. My basic insecurity so right um okay and then you could follow me on instagram with the lightning palace blog i got my patreon also starting now um shout out to all of the people that are pledged to my patreon um my best friend chris shaylin noah as well as uh cosplayers uh oh my sophie Kat Yuska Moonfox, Nicole Marie Jean, uh, my buddy CJ, and oh, I hope to God that's it. I think that was eight people. If I miss someone, forgive me. Like, this is just something I wanted to add in to, like, give my patrons a little something more. If I missed your name, don't kill me. <laughs> please um um this is also new year hope everyone had a good christmas and new year's um i'm going to start doing two episodes a month so in a few weeks uh tune in for the next episode with my friend mink the Seder as we talk about our um thoughts going into this new year and what we hope to see like change or improve in the convention scene all right Thanks so much for listening, guys. Bye.